Welcome everyone to another episode of The Creative Minds. So joining me here today is Sierra. So Sierra, can you tell me a bit more about who you are and what is it that you do? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks for having me on, by the way. Nice. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm a psychologist and a music performance coach, and I specialize working with musicians and helping them work through performance anxieties and kind of mental blocks, things that get in their way of really showing up as a performer and a musician. So that's what I specialize in. I also run a practice where I, I do, um, I, I just work as a psychologist and I, I see people for all different kinds of reasons. Yeah, so let's go back to your kind of story as a kid growing up. Is this something that you've always wanted to do? Well, so I grew up as a as a kid. I was a musician, but I was also very shy, yeah. and um, I would have a really hard time performing. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like, oh, okay, maybe I can't do that. Maybe I can't do that. And then you know, I grew up, and I ended up getting a doctorate in counseling psychology, mm -hmm. and I realized, oh, there are really specific things you can do to help work through performance anxiety and to show up more on stage. And anyway, I just realized like, oh, even the shy kids can be great musicians and perform well. And um, yeah, so then I put those two worlds together so that I could help other shy, anxious musicians kind of step into their music and show up more. So, did you... so it's been really a journey that way. Yeah. So did you choose to, are you like, are you still into music? Do you still create music? Do you perform? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, yep. I'm a singer songwriter and um, I've performed in different groups right now after COVID. I, I haven't gotten back into it yet, but yeah. I plan to in the near future. Oh my God. That's so cool. Uh, yeah. So can you tell me a bit more about, because um, honestly, you're the first person that I met who's a music performance coach. So what, what does that mean? Like, can you clarify that? Yeah, so it's, it's basically, I, I run an academy online. It's called Elite Performance Academy. And I teach all of the psychological principles that go into performance. So basically all of the systems that play in our bodies and our mind that help us, help us or get in the way of mm -hmm. performing. So I help people learn about those and understand what those systems and processes are. Mm -hmm. so that they can um, know how to do it differently, know how to push, because a lot of the stuff that we need to do as anxious, shy musicians is counterintuitive, right? Mm -hmm. Our body sends off these signals of like, oh no, you've got to keep yourself safe. Yeah. And safe means away from the stage. Yeah. <laughs> and instead, we've got to really step into that. So I teach people how to do that and how to work through that. So I have the Elite Performance Academy online. I have a course that's there that teaches all of those concepts. Mm. And then um, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching because a lot of the work is one-on-one. -on -one. I help people, mm. you know, I, I sit down for 50 minutes at a time with people and we just talk about, okay, what is getting in their way? And we talk mm. through what's going on behind the scenes, like the psychology of it all. And I, I do a lot of like psycho-ed and just teach them how mm. to push. So is it a thing that musicians always tend to have psychologists as well? Uh, I don't think so. No. In fact, when I stepped into this specialty, I thought, I, I, is this a thing? Like, yeah. am I just making this up? Yeah. But, um, but I knew that as a kid, I needed it. 
And mm -hmm. so as soon as I started putting myself out there in marketing, people are, have responded. They're like, oh yeah, I need that. And some don't, right? Like some yeah. people stepping out on stage is really exhilarating and fun to them. And yeah. they feel like they're able to find their musical center and like show up as a musician the way yeah. that they want to. Um, and then maybe sometimes people um, just want to see a psychologist for other reasons. Maybe mm. it's not performance anxiety. Mm. So I don't know. I think there's there's space there for people to explore and find mm. what works for them. Yeah. So what are some mental blocks that people or at least musicians have that prevent them from being the best musician that they possibly can? That's a good question. Yeah. Can I turn it around on you? Yeah, go ahead. Be because what you're doing and like doing these podcasts is yeah. really like you're putting yourself out there to do it. I'm wondering yeah. if you've had any specific blocks that have like have got in the way or like w try to get in the way of you doing what you're doing. Um, actually, one thing that I recently noticed was... Um, a friend of mine or like I don't know who mentioned this she's like how do you manage working and doing a podcast and how do you get guests and all of this and for me it was just natural like I didn't think of it I just do it because I enjoy it and then and then they were like yeah like it takes so much time and effort and for me I never saw I never saw it as something that requires time and effort it was just like enjoyment for me and I started believing that this is so much work and I used to record like several different episodes and release two, uh, three or four episodes per per week and that was okay with me even sometimes five and it was okay but then when I started believing that yeah maybe that's too much maybe I'm overdoing it but at the same time I'm really enjoying it and I, I started deciding that you know what maybe it's too much let me calm down and just do one episode but then I I started to think like okay who said that this is a lot of work what does work really mean I'm enjoying this, so why would I limit myself to just doing right. one episode because someone else said that it's too much? So I felt that was something I realized in the process very recently, to be honest. Yeah, that's. I think that's such a good insight. So I think that would be a good one, like kind of letting other people's perceptions of what you're doing really influence what you're doing. Yeah. And that would be very common in like any arts field because we care about the people around us and we yeah. care what they think about us yeah. and we let that influence us sometimes for better too or much for worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so i think that's a, a great a great one to point out because then really you can tune into yourself and say well what feels good for me yeah it doesn't feel like work and i'm enjoying it and it's providing value which yeah. it is and you know so I, I would say that's a big one you know kind of turning that dial from being less tuned in to what other people's perceptions are or what other people want mm. from you and more into yourself. Mm. There's this, um, there's a psychological principle called differentiation. Mm. And basically the idea is like, as, as young kids, you know, even from birth, we're very tuned into the people around us. Mm. We know who we are because of how they act towards us and mm. how they treat us. Yeah. And as we grow up, we we tune more into ourselves instead of other people. So it's really this like developmental shift and we're yeah. able to tune more into what we want rather than what other people want from us. And it's really just such an important push to yeah. dial into that and realize um, what other people think matters 
but what I think about what I'm doing matters more and how I feel because I'm the one experiencing it. And so that matters more and then prioritizing that. So it's really kind of a developmental shift in that way. Yeah, I would would add something a bit differently. I think as kids, we know who we are. We know what excites us. Then as we start growing up, the perception of the world and people around us start to define us and we lose ourselves into wanting to be a person who pleases other people. And then you reach a point in your life where you're like, this is not me. Like, I, I, I hope people do yeah. reach that point at one point to realize that that does not feel real. This does not feel me. Who am I? And I really question that. And then you start kind of deconstructing the belief systems that you thought other people or, or you thought you are based on what other people said of you and then going back to who you are. But then that's a whole other journey of like, really going through the process it's exhausting but worth it in my opinion um absolutely and other thing that you mentioned that i loved um i was also thinking about this today as well where you talked about understanding the things that matter to you and prioritizing you because i've noticed that um what you believe or what whatever you feel is right for you is not good enough unless it's validated by someone else somehow when it's validated it's good enough and yeah you address a very amazing point where you like prioritize you over anyone else but in your opinion how do you help people um dive deep into trusting themselves as opposed to trusting other people more than themselves? Hmm. I think one of the ways I see that come about is um, out of frustration, probably for most people that it's, you know, they get a lot of feedback from other people about what they should sound like, what what they should be pursuing, what they should even be doing and spending their time on. And um, it's really kind of a process that leads to a lot of frustration because it's almost like you can never please everyone we have these people pleaser tendencies but we can never please everyone so it's um it gets to a point where you're like forget it like I know what I want you know so it gets to this like pushback stage where people can say no 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 I know what I want to be spending my time on and what I'm good at and what I feel good doing and what I feel connected to yeah and um and in that way, it's kind of taking it back. It's like taking back that mental space of exploring what you want for yourself, what it looks like, and then defining it and moving yeah. forward. It's really like a growth process in that yeah. way. So how the important one. A hundred percent. So how do you help people figure out what is it that they or like what advice do you have for people who want to figure out what they care about after reaching a point in life where they're so disconnected with who you, who they are mm. okay there's a lot of ways to do this yeah here's one of my favorites yeah um i like to have people write their obituary so here's the research behind it there's a lot of science behind it where they will um They've like gone to end of life care facilities. And the thing that a lot of people regret at the end of their life, they'll do like interviews with people. The thing that they find they regret 
is living the life that other people wanted for them rather than the life that they wanted for themselves. And so what I like to do with clients is have them write their obituary in the best case scenario. So Mm. let's say they lived a full, complete life. And um, the obituary is all about like who they were and what they prioritized and what their life was about and the meanings that were there for them. So I like doing it that way because it gets us into a different perspective for ourselves. And you could even try this on your own sometime, but it's not morbid. It's not, you know, it shouldn't be as sad. It should actually be like kind of an uplifting experience to write about, you know, and and in third person. So it gives us that different perspective. Interesting. So what do you you mean by in third person? So it would be, I I would be the one writing, but I would say Sierra Baird, Baird, full life. Yeah, And then I would go on to say, here are some of the things that she accomplished. Here are the things she dedicated her time and energy towards. Here are her personality characteristics that were connecting and good, right? So it would be like really a hopeful thing of mm. who I am and what, what I hope I'm coming across as and what I hope I'm contributing to the world. Yeah. And then um, from there, it gives people this template of the things that they really value. And from there, I just, I find that to be a really helpful jumping off place of like, okay, let's take that and run with it. Let's weave it into your life. Let's realize it. Yeah. You know, what's interesting that you mentioned this. Um, There was a course in my university, which is so weird, but it's like not the typical engineering uh, course, but it's a leadership course. And it was, uh, it was called the happy engineer. And one exam that we had is so weird we actually went um into um a place where i I think it was a graveyard or something like that and we were placed there and our our midterm was done there it's just like walk around and they she placed us in a situation where it's like imagine yourself on your deathbed kind of thing and Mm -hmm. I don't know what the task was, but it just puts you, she did not want us just to write what if, but she wanted us to feel it and sense it as if we were there, which is so intense because you're engaged in the yes. emotions itself. So I love that you mentioned it, but, but you know what's exciting yeah, really that you powerful. mentioned? Sorry, I, I love that you mentioned it, looking at it from a positive perception. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you think about it, like we can get caught up in the stresses of all of it, but also, so for your creative sphere and what you're doing and what you're creating and putting out there, yeah, you could not do it. You could not do it, yeah. and then it would be missing, right? Yeah. So it's really this process of understanding like what we're contributing to the world, and that like we have a unique voice to share those messages. We have our unique values and lived experiences that contribute to what we are giving to the world. And that's what you're doing. And I think when we realize that, like, that we do have time constraints and limits, we are only here for a limited amount of time. And, um, and we have something unique to give, then it can feel really energizing and really hopeful. Yeah. You know, it is still stressful. Let's be honest. Yeah. The behind yeah. the scenes of everything, of doing anything important is going to be stressful. Yeah. But um, but it also has this like really positive energy to it. Yeah. But why do we care about leaving a legacy? Why do we care about being remembered in a certain way? If if you're you're done, you're dead, then 
that's it. Why do you care? Or why do we as humans care about doing that? Hmm. Okay, I'll answer, but I do want to hear your answer awesome. too. Okay. Yeah. Um, I look at the people that came before me and their lives and like there, of course, are, are certain people that really I resonate with. So, for example, um, my dad was a singer-songwriter, and he's passed away. Mm. And um, I look at his life, and he, throughout his music, told the story of his life. And um, it's kind of like whether we think we're leaving a legacy or not, it doesn't really matter. We Mm. are. Mm. And I guess the question is just, like, what legacy are we leaving? And why does it matter? I guess I would say because people matter mm-hmm. and um, and we influence each other and we have the we have the capacity to really like impact each other's lives and we matter. So I think that would be my answer. People yeah. matter. And whether we think it or not, we're leaving a legacy. And just yeah. what, what do we want that legacy to be? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I love this answer. Um, so for me, I would say like why do i want to for me it's not about a legacy as much as it is that i don't want anyone um to go through what i went through or to if i can help someone jump from where they are now to where they want to be in 10 steps instead of it took me let's say 10 years to figure it out why not how can we advance humanity how can we better a human being if i do not share my experiences like i want to help people be better um and if i'm able to like for me for me in my opinion my opinion it's different for everyone else but if i'm able to show love and care for someone else it fills up my heart if i'm able to go and not just donate money but be spending time with people who are a bit I, w- I don't like to even say less fortunate but do not have the advantages that w- most of the most other people have then i've made a child happy even for a second i'm building up a future i am i'm giving him hope i'm giving him love like for example volunteering in, in an orphanage it's just like a basic need of humans of love and connection yeah. and for me that's what i care about and and in terms of legacy i hope that i i leave the world a better place where i'm able to show that there's goodness in the world as opposed to what we perceive as negativity and pain and relief pain yeah. i mean that's I, that's how i see it yeah absolutely it's beautiful yeah. <laughs> thank you um so going back in terms of what you do and uh, your program, uh, Elite Performance Academy. So what do you teach there for, like, how can you help musicians in terms of navigating through um, uh, mental blocks through the process? So I, I had two or three different singer songwriters join me on a podcast episode earlier and each one of them mentioned or they had this challenge of um, they start writing a song, but then they never continue it and then throw it out and start something new, never finish. Is it good enough? They stop. Like, how can you help someone push through those mental blocks that they place on themselves 
to get them at least to finish something and not yet finish it, but release it and know when it is good enough to release it? Yeah, that's a good question. Okay, that ties right into what I see uh, playing out pretty regularly. So one of the first things I start with is I help people understand their avoidance patterns. In psychology, we call it automated avoidance, but it's basically like the very subtle ways that we avoid difficult things. Mm -hmm. So when we experience stress or strain, um, Mm -hmm. you know, mental or physical, our body wants to keep us safe by putting distance between us and that stress or strain. Mm -hmm. And, um, And so we do these subtle things to avoid the discomfort And it's really important to recognize what those things are so that we can do it differently, um, so that we can push in those ways. So one of the things I would bring up, and I just see it so often with people, is perfectionism. And perfectionism is really, it's a pseudo skill. It helps us feel like we're doing something, but it's actually an avoidance, Mm -hmm. right? Because you get that song, you're you're feeling good about it, but maybe not quite right, you know, and you want to you want to mess with it or you want to avoid it. But anyway, the perfectionism is actually an avoidance strategy. Yeah. And and really what would be probably more honest as a musician would be to say like the incomplete and flawed parts of me are important too. Mm. And people don't, you know, like my music because it's perfect. They like my music because it's mine and it's my story Mm. to tell. And so really being able to keep that momentum and, work on um, work on something till you feel done with it and have the courage to release it instead of getting caught in perfectionism cycles, which I do see quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's very natural. It's really normal to want things to be, you know, right or perfect, yeah. but we're creating and we're yeah. imperfect. Yeah. And what is the difference between listening to your gut feeling of this is not good enough versus you chasing after perfectionism so how like for example how would you know um if this is not what you feel within you you want to release versus this is not perfect Hmm. yeah that's a good question because along the way as musicians we need to edit we need to make Mm -hmm. changes we need to change the song so many times before it's right for the most part Mm -hmm. and so just that real honest like looking at what you're doing and editing it along the way is really important. And I wouldn't call that perfectionism. And maybe maybe some of that would be getting feedback from other people and kind of how you feel about it in your gut reaction as you're listening to it, that you feel like, oh, I don't really, oh, let's hurry up and get through this part, you know? Um, maybe some of that is, okay, you need to sit down and re-edit and rework and mm-hmm. try it a different way and try to have your voice come out in a different way. The perfectionism piece is really getting caught in the weeds where like what you're doing isn't really making a big difference on the music, but um, mm. but you kind of get stuck on that wheel of just going without releasing it. I just see perfectionism like as a whole is a really big barrier for okay. musicians. Okay. So it might be like postponing certain things and maybe it's a release date or maybe it's like scheduling a gig or putting yourself out there in whatever way Mm. because you want it to be just right before it goes out Mm. you know whether that's Mm. live or releasing music or whatnot Mm. so um yeah I guess I'm speaking more generally there but perfectionism is a really really big problem Mm. and um it's just 
it's just one of those avoidance strategies that yeah. we get stuck in that we want it to be just right before yeah. we move forward and um it's hard because the bulk of what we're going to learn we're going to do along the way like mm. we have to get started mm. before we will actually feel see and feel those changes mm. and so if you always postpone that starting point you're gonna just get mm. in your own way mm. I mean, it's very personal. That's why I like to do the individual coaching. That's mm. that's the um, like the top thing that I offer mm. at the academy is individual coaching with people, mm. so that we can see what it is for them and yeah. like really help them sort through that and push and try different things. And so, let's say you're writing a full album, okay? You have no idea what the whole vibe of the album is going to be like and then yet you're you know you want to write you're inspired to write but now you're confused about when is the song enough when do i need to cut it how long the song needs to be what's the idea behind that song so how do you how do you help uh singers songwriters just to to navigate through this first of all of a finishing so I, i'm imagining it as if it's a book so an author writing a book mm. a book has several different chapters and you let's say the author or the musician has so many different experiences that you go through that they want to share and express through art a form of art but those mm -hmm. those like every let's say every album at least you look at uh, let's look at Taylor Swift every album that she releases there's there's different different types of songs and every song has a has a purpose behind it is something that you, she's learned from it an experience that she had and she wrote a song about it okay mm -hmm. but eventually there's a whole vibe about the whole album so let's say reputation you sense the whole vibe of the album of how the media saw her and whatnot, but she also had different songs within it that do not specify specifically talk about this whole vibe. So my question is, how do you help musicians figure out what the vibe of a full album is? And also, when is it enough to finish a song and move to a next song? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So for the album piece of it, I would say... Uh, the thing is, it's so different for each yeah. person and yeah. what they're actually trying to accomplish. Yeah. And so um, I do recommend people getting a lot of feedback, you know, specifically if they have managers or um, or anything specific, like if they have a record deal. Mm. But like as, say, an, as an individual, forget like other 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 people involved, like as an individual, how can they figure this out themselves? Yeah, that's, that's where I come in and that's where I work with people. So what I do is like, I work with people on the side of like the creation side of it and the view of it, because it, I, I come in without any expectation of like, okay, it needs to be this way or that way. Now do it right. And instead it's like, I'm helping them get out of their way so that they can uh, show up how they want to. So for that, I would say um, we would create not a plan, but like, we would, we would understand what they're trying to get across mm. and then what's getting in their way. And we're just not that good at seeing that. So I actually like have people write that out. Like, 
what are the discomforts that are coming up as they're working on stuff. And um, yeah, a lot of that side of it, what's their discomforts, what's their avoidance. I do, I do teach a lot of mindfulness and centering practices, which helps people um, come back into their body, feel very grounded while they're working. And uh, so I'm more on that side of it so that they can get out of their way and realize what they want a song or an album to sound like and what they want the big picture to be. Mm. Because I, I don't have any preconceived, like yeah. here's how this needs to be constructed. That's just yeah. not my role. Yeah. My role is, okay, you're the vessel. Yeah. You're, you're what's, what, what people are, you're what people are connecting with. How can you get out of your way and show up and write the music and come across the way you want to. So if everyone has a story to share and everyone, because you help them kind of tap deep in within to figure out the art and they will figure out ways to express it. So does this mean that everyone is an artist? Everyone is able to sing, to write songs if they're able to tap in with them? That's a good question. Um, again, again, there's nothing that is is 100. percent It's just like your thoughts, your opinion. I'm just like, like just having yeah. a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. My off the cuff response is no. I don't think everyone is an artist in the way of a musician, but I do think we all have like ways of creating in our life. So we're all mm. creators in that sense. And so mm. like, whether we're an engineer or a teacher or a musician, like we mm. all have ways of creating and bringing about. Um, who we are in our story mm. but is everyone a singer I would say probably not mm. in just my experience you mm. know we have different strengths and different things that we're good at and different mm. experiences that lead us you know different places so mm. I don't think everyone needs to be a musician to be mm. like successful or touch the world I think we all do it in different ways yeah. and I really do th think being an artist is pretty unique in that way yeah not everyone can express like pick up an instrument or sing a song and have it resonate with other people that's really a gift yeah and how do you how would you say that you use your creativity in your work oh good question um yeah i think i think one of the skills that i have in that way is really just connecting with people and giving them space like it's kind of like what you said, like going to the orphanage, like people need to be seen. They need to know that you care. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I, that I do with people is I see them, I, I give them specific, you know, education. And also I just like am there with them in that journey. And that can be really helpful because I mean, any growth has growing pains. So when I'm, when I'm working with artists and it's just painful and like, you know, they just have all this avoidance they they don't want to be doing these things it's hard i mean that you're confronting really difficult things in your life specifically when you're like writing music about your life mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. this is a very hard process mm -hmm. so one of the things that i do and i i like to do is make space for people during that process supporting them during that process letting them feel that and giving them real actionable things to do mm -hmm. that feel um that feel helpful and supportive and, and you know backed by science I think yeah. it's really helpful too like yeah. I want people to understand you know what's going on in your body what's going on in your mind with this yeah. and how can we push to a different place 
it's very empowering for people yeah. to be like, oh, that's what's happening. Okay. Because yeah. then in the moment they can say, oh, this is just, you know, whatever systems yeah. at play. This is just this that's happening. Okay. Yeah. I can do it this way and, and watch themselves grow. But all growth is painful. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so one of the things that I bring is like, I want people to feel supported in that, feel seen, feel heard, feel supported. 100%. And for you as a singer, songwriter, uh, what was, uh, what, at least what were some of the challenges that you personally faced? I mean, for me growing up, uh, most of it was like performance anxiety. So I would, I would prepare, I, I've been in several choirs throughout my life and I've mm -hmm. done some solo stuff, but I would prepare, I'd feel very excited about the music. And then I would go to step out on stage. <laughs> my, yeah. It was like, my body was malfunctioning. Like yeah. I would be so nervous. I would feel yeah. shaky and I wouldn't sound like I'd practiced much. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and that's mortifying, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because here you are center stage and you're not yeah. sounding like you want to. And you can hear it, you know? Yeah. You know what it sounds like. So that was mostly for me growing up. It was it was the performance anxiety. And it was like, wait, am I just not a performer? What's going yeah. on? And, um, and, yeah. I, and no, like I can and I have strengthened some of those skills and continue to work on it. Like it's, yeah. it's an ongoing process. But... Um, but that was the biggest and hardest thing for me as an anxious kid and not knowing, not, a, I didn't even yeah. know the word anxious. Like I didn't yeah. even have a word for what I was experiencing. Uh -huh. So that was the hardest thing for me. Yeah. That, that's what got in the way the most. And how were you able to navigate through that yourself? How were you able to push yourself to perform? Yeah. So I did the doctorate program I did was yeah. in counseling psychology. Yeah. And then after that, I'm like, I'm learning all of these skills to support people making changes in their life. And, and all of a sudden, like, after I had already started a practice, I'm like, wait, I bet there's answers to this yeah. specifically for musicians, like specifically the yeah. performance anxiety. So I did a deep dive. I did research into, okay, what is all the supporting science and research behind yeah. this and what are people saying and it's a whole world that just opened up to me and I was able yeah. to see like oh yeah those are concepts that I regularly teach or here are things specific to musicians yeah. and um oh it was so it was so cool so for that for me yeah I really thrive understanding what's going on mm. and um and maybe I'll just give you an example of one of the things I find really helpful yeah for people like me yeah so um so I talked about the avoidance, like when you're going to step out on stage and you feel really anxious or nervous about something, um, the feelings, like several of them, like you'll feel an increased heart rate, your heart will speed up, uh, you might feel sweaty, you might feel shaky. Yeah. So there's all these like um, symptoms or expressions that are happening. And in psychology, there's a lot of overlap with different emotions. So like, let's say you've got anxiety and excitement, they actually kind of look the same in the body. Yeah. The only difference is the meaning that you attach with yeah. it. And, and then, okay, so here's this tool I learned, and I yeah. really love this. It's super helpful for me. But I realized that um, anxiety and exercise have a lot of overlapping symptoms. Mm -hmm. So you've got, when you exercise, you might feel shaky, you might feel your heart rate, increasing mm -hmm. um 
your extremities might feel cold, your arms and legs might feel cold, your mind might be racing. So you're feeling all of these specific things yeah. while exercising that are the same while you're uh, feeling anxious performing. Mm. So the cool thing here is like when you're, when you're in your practice setting, you're feeling pretty calm practicing for the most part. And then when yeah. you step out on stage, you're anxious. Mm. So one of the things that I have people do is do light exercise in their performance settings so that they activate that system and it feels like anxiety and then they learn how to perform and create the music while feeling those sensations and that mimics what it feels like on stage mm. and I, I know for me when I first yeah. learned this concept there was an yeah. article called exercise effect that's what I call it now. yeah the exercise effect that kind of pointed out these similarities it was like, oh, okay, this is the system that's playing out on stage. I can activate that in my practice and take advantage of that and work with those sensations, right? Because I might feel shaky, but I want my voice to come across steady. Mm -hmm. So I, I do, uh, I'll recommend light exercise. So nothing too extraneous where like you're gasping for breath or anything, mm -hmm. but maybe do like 10 jumping jacks mm -hmm. and then sing the song that you're singing or play the piece in the, on the instrument that you're playing. Mm -hmm. And um, it gives you a chance to feel those sensations of feeling shaky or sweaty or your heart racing and keeping the music steady and coming across mm -hmm. the way that you want. Is so it's really, and then you feel empowered. Yeah. And then when you step out on stage, you're like, I know these feelings, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. And you start to sound more like you want. Yeah. Is this during practice or before you perform? During practice. Okay. I'd recommend. I mean, when you perform, it, if you're an anxious musician, when you perform, it's naturally going to happen. <laughs> you don't need to do the jumping jacks beforehand. Yeah. But when you're in your performance setting, you can to activate those sensations yeah. so that it feels like you're stepping yeah. out on the stage. Yeah. So this exercise effect is just a really powerful tool for people to realize like, oh, this is something that I can have a handle on. Mm. that I can actually prepare ahead of time and not just like hope that it goes the way I want it to, yeah. but really like take control and, and feel active in that way. Yeah. And um, isn't it supposed, because you mentioned that you were questioning if you're, if you were, uh, if you're a person who is to be performing on stage. So if you were kind of bound to be an artist and performer, then aren't you supposed to feel energized standing on stage and performing? Hmm. Well, I just think it's more complicated than that. Yeah. Like you might feel so pulled to do that mm -hmm. and then also have a higher threshold of like higher levels of anxiety than most people. And that can get in the way, even though you feel so driven for it. That was my experience, yeah. like the practicing side of it and the prepping and like feeling part of choirs and music groups and everything was just so enlivening. Mm. And then the performance itself can be very difficult. Mm. But I, I don't take that to mean like, oh, in order for me to be a performer, it has to feel right. Mm. Um, because I think that a lot of the things that we do in life, like when we're pushing ourselves, a lot of the time, it doesn't feel right. It feels hard. It feels difficult. We're like, we're growing, right? 
And so I, I focus less on like, it needs to feel a certain way on stage and more, look, if you feel driven to do this, but things are getting in your way, there are ways to work through that. And then hopefully like when you pull back, right? Like in the obituary or the other things I was talking about, when you pull back, you want your life to be cohesive and like you wanna be living um, and contributing the way that you want. Mm. So you shouldn't feel like you have to be a musician, mm. right? In that way. But I would say that maybe that's like the mentality as a young musician that when I stepped out on stage, it didn't feel right, mm. right? But for me, that didn't mean I wasn't a performer. It mm. meant I had high anxiety. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just didn't have the tools to deal with it yeah. at that stage. And now that I do, and like I can help anxious musicians get out of their way, it's really, yeah. really cool. Because then, like we said, you can be feeling those same physical feelings for anxiety and excitement yeah. to help people change what it means in their mind. So like it might start out feeling like, oh crap, oh no, okay, how do I get my body under control? Oh, oh I need to do this just right. Yeah. You know, it might start out like that. Yeah. And at the end of working together, it might be like, oh yeah, okay, here we go. My body's doing that thing. I've yeah. got this. Like, yeah. There's this really good TED Talk I want you to check out. It's yeah. called um, Making Stress Your Friend by Kelly McGonigal. And I love it because in it, she talks, she's a researcher and a psychologist. I think she's a psychologist, but she's a, she does research around anxiety. Mm. And um, she talks about this specifically, that if we can change the meaning behind what we're feeling, we can change the whole experience. So in it, I've, I've always remembered this and I use this in my life, but she'll say, when you feel your heart beating, instead of feeling like, oh crap, I need to make that go away so that I can perform, you know, or, or do whatever I'm doing that you can say, oh, yes, my heart knows exactly what it's doing. Yeah. It's pumping more blood so that I can meet the challenge that I'm stepping up against, right? Yeah. yeah. My body is intelligent. My body is smart. It knows exactly what it's doing. It can yeah. help me show up. So it takes that frantic experience and turns it into, okay, yeah. there's my heart. There's my yeah. body. I can yeah. do this. I know what I'm doing. That's very empowering. Yeah. One of the common misconceptions I see with musicians specifically, but is this idea of I need to get my body under control so that I can perform the way I want to. Mm -hmm. And the, um, but if you think about the people you admire who are doing amazing things, mm -hmm. like do they not also experience those things? Mm -hmm. They do. They feel anxious, they feel worried, they feel um, if what you're doing is important, you're going to be having sensations and emotions come up. So the paradigm shift there that I work with people on is, is not to try to get rid of those things, but instead to work with them. Because yeah. like you said, your body is intelligent. It's, it's smart, right? Yeah. And um, it's here for you. It's an amazing tool. We don't yeah. need to like fix our bodies so that we can do this. Yeah. And when I step out on stage, I still feel a pounding heart, mm. but it means something very different to me. Mm. I'm able to actually listen to my body. And for me, what my body is saying what you're do is what you're doing is hard and you can do it. Mm. And my body is saying, I'm here for you mm. to help you do this. Mm. So yeah, the meanings and the stories around it will change, but our bodies in general are very um, intelligent, 
and we can trust them. 100%. That's not to say, though, that like when I feel anxiety out on stage, that my body is deciding that I'm not a good performer. Mm -hmm. I get to decide what I want to do in life mm -hmm. and my body will work for me. But yeah. I do have to make those adjustments as far as like what it means, you know? Yeah. Because if we're doing yeah. anything hard in life, it's we're going to feel it. Mm -hmm. It's going, it's not going to be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to do this little thing. It's like, yeah. no, you're stepping into your life. Like you're showing up, you're being present, you're helping people, you're, you're going to feel many things and that's yeah. okay. That's just a normal part of being human. Yeah. Um, so we don't need to not feel those things to do the things that we want to do. We just yeah. need to tune in and change the narrative there. Yeah. hundred percent. So thank you so much for your time. We took like a good amount of time. So I want to ask you the final question. Um, so what is your definition of success? Hmm. that's a good question it makes me think of that quote by Maya Angelou she said um, uh, I might get it wrong but it's something like um, success is actually can I look it up yeah do it because <laughs> I love her so much I don't want to misquote <laughs> her Maya Angelou said success is liking yourself liking what you do and liking how you do it I yeah. just love the way she captures that because it can look so many different ways, but it really is a process of like tuning into yourself, knowing who you are and what you want to do and like really honoring those things. Like I said earlier, like you could not be doing these podcasts, <clears throat> but that would be a loss mm. and you, you would feel that and the people around you would feel that. And yeah. so it's a matter of tuning in and being able to say, like, I have yeah. something to give here. I want to give this. Yeah. And this is how I want to do it. And then just, like, moving forward. Yeah. You're so, so that, right. Yeah. I'm with her on that. I'm with yeah. Maya Angelou. But that's, that's success. Yeah. yeah. I'll read it again. Yeah. It's liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. Mm. She's got it, right? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And when you were saying this... Um, I also noticed uh, or I thought came up where you said it feels wrong not doing it. Uh, I, I, I definitely think you're so spot on on that because you, I think the worst feeling is when you know uh, that you're supposed to be doing this, but you, you get so caught up with the busyness of the world that you ignore that and you know it's the right thing to do and you just keep postponing it and this idea of perfectionism maybe comes back again or many different limiting beliefs so you're so spot on on that so again thank you so much for your time and uh for people to connect with you where should they find you yeah you can find me on instagram at dr sierra baird awesome perfect. That's, that's the best way to find me um you can also go over to the elite performance academy mm -hmm. ElitePerformanceAcademy.com if you're interested in those services. But if you just want to, you know, start up a conversation, I'm on Instagram most. Awesome, perfect. So I'm gonna but, yeah, thank you, you for having me. Of course, I'll tag you below. Uh, and uh, for everyone listening, I hope you have an amazing, awesome rest of your day.